0: one two three four five we're actually recording now that's what that red line means cool all All right right. (laughs) welcome to tear gas and gumdrops for the first time ever well sort of the second time ever um we're here with you live. My name is Chris Moore. This is the podcast. Let's start. Let's off. start over. Again. Okay. Welcome to Tear yeah. Gas. Getting ourselves. That's it, us. Yeah. Well, it's it like takes like- a little while. To, oh, okay. Because it's live, it okay. takes a little while to show the sound. <laughs> <wave. sharpeno> <uggage> sound> <speaking> yeah, we're uh, singing acapella because we're here. At, we can. We can. Welcome to
1: Tear Gas and Gumdrops Unplugged. Unplugged. Um, uh, I am. Your co podcaster Kyle Sapp, and I'm here live with.
0: I'm Chris Morton, and for the first time ever, we're live at Pepperdine University. Pepperdine University.
1: Um, we are not only recording a podcast at Pepperdine for the first time, but we're recording a podcast together. Together. Like in the same. Well, it's not a room. We're in a hallway. <laughs> we're in this weird, like, offshoot. Yeah. So um,
0: if you've ever been Pepperdine, it may be, like, the one of the most beautiful college campuses on earth. Yeah. So um, we're looking
1: out at the baseball fields and the tennis courts and then and the hills and the majestic yeah. apartments of Malibu, Pepperdine. America.
0: How the other uh, 10% lives, 5%.
1: And- indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're in this hallway. And I keep leaning back against this wall, and there's a fire. <laughs> so um, we haven't
0: set it off yet. So yeah. if, if we
1: have to stop the podcast because I lean back too forcefully, um, and we're just, be hilarious.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about how this is kind of strangely awkward because we're used to like not really looking at each other while we record on a computer, and like even if you're having a face-to-face conversation with someone, right. you know, stare them in the eye. Uh, I mean, so this is a little weird. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs>
1: it's, it's so our second time recording because we recorded without it actually recording. We didn't push which the Which is classic button. tear gas and gumdrops. We'll always got to have a technical problem. And it's like, mm. I don't know where to look. Do <laughs> I look at his eyes? Right. And I we didn't
0: look his... to see if it was actually recording. But it is now.
1: But we are. And the reason that Chris and I are recording together live is because we're both in Malibu. I'm at the Pepperdine Lectureships, mm-hmm. um, which if you know anything about Church of Christ, lectureships are our, our word for conference. Slash party. Um, slash party. Um, so I've been here since Tuesday and listening to great speakers. N.T. Wright is here and that's been awesome. Yeah. Um, The dream. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. I would, and it just worked out. I was here with the V3 movement, which is one of the organizations that has supported Austin mustard seed. And we had a three day retreat, uh, at the Sarah retreat center, which is a Franciscan center that is literally three minutes away from Pepperdine. Yeah, V3. Uh, We had this funny conversation that no one actually knows what V3 stands for, but they're, like, stuck with it because rebranding is expensive.
1: What does it stand for? Um,
0: They've changed it, like, five times. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so so I've had an interesting couple of days, and really what I wanted to do on this podcast is just – Throw out some of the things that I've learned, um, and and hear what Kyle thinks of it. Um, so we were there with a guy named Mark Scandrett, and we spent a lot of time in silence. Up in my area, though. yeah, you know, Mark.
1: I'm, I'm going to say we're buddies. Yeah, yeah. I met him. <laughs>
0: um, so we were there with Mark, and we spent a few days in silence, or a few hours. I guess, not as long as I'd like. Some time in silence, and then we uh, reflected on a uh, like a personality profiling technique called the Enneagram. Um, and if you've ever if you're familiar with personality profiles usually they say like what you're good at or how you interact with people this is the opposite this is about basically what sucks about you um it's <laughs> it's based in the seven deadly sins and like has different personalities like based on as the way mark said it, is like how you uh different responses to the lie of satan um personalities are based on respond how how we respond to lies um so anyway what uh what one of the big takeaways I had from this was the extent to which my life and ministry has been shaped by some lies and, um, you know, a a few that stood out to me, um, are, uh, just my constant need for, uh, for interaction and adoration with other people. I just always have to, to be receiving that. And then also, um, just a constant search for a sense of security and i know that like everyone has these things to different extents but the idea with the profile is some people are more than others really motivated by this and so because we had a lot of time in silence i was able to like look back um on how some of these lies have have affected my ministry kind of sometimes pushed me to do some good things Mm -hmm. but also uh pushed me to um really be kind of needy and awkward in some ways um So anyway, I'm just curious, like Kyle, have you ever thought through some of those things? Like some of the, like think, so if we're 10 years into ministry and mission here, Mm -hmm. are there things maybe that have been a consistent problem for you that you've learned about yourself?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I think the biggest lie that I've bought into, um, just probably as a motto of life is that I have to make everybody happy. Right. Um, and everyone, you know, preachers will say that from the pulpit, that it's not their job to make everyone happy. And people say, amen. Uh, and and they'll, they'll agree with that statement as long as the preacher is
0: on their side of an right. issue. And uh, they're also maybe saying it because it makes people happy to say amen. That's true. <laughs> who doesn't love to say amen? Right. Uh, um, that statement itself is speaking to some of the people who they're trying to get approval oh, from.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and, and I think it, people-pleasing expresses itself in a lot of different ways for me. Um, I, for instance, I don't handle mistakes well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if one thing doesn't go perfectly, yeah, and that might bother somebody, I obsess about it. Yeah. And, uh, so for instance, if if we're having like when we, at least when I was at Eastside, uh, we would have like youth group nights and they'd go great, they were wonderful, mm-hmm. but. Maybe the game didn't work out too well or the food wasn't perfect or we started late or, you know, one of the teenagers was not happy about something because surprisingly teenagers get unhappy quite late. (laughs) And I would drive home in just a dark funk because somebody, there was one person out of like 30 that wasn't perfectly happy with Mm me. And there was a a consistent basis. Really, I was just tired, but Mm -hmm. I was processing everything through that exhausted lens and going just super dark and yeah. super negative, and, yeah, uh, like a Snickers commercial. Yeah, um, except when I get hungry, I turn into Friedrich Nietzsche. Right, um, <laughs> you start to doubt the you start to existence doubt. of yeah. good and beauty. I'm Derrida. Like I've got to break away all the things to find truth. Oh man,
0: yeah, oh. yeah. Um, so,
1: but that uh, all of that said, that but the source of that is is due to an in adequate sense of self-worth, uh, that is more often than not shaped by the perceptions of other people.
0: Yeah. But it is interesting because this and this is why tools like Enagram or whatever, you know, you use, um, are helpful because, um, my pain is not your pain. Mm -hmm. Um, now don't get me wrong. Like when I, uh, when in, when something goes wrong that doesn't go the way that I like it, some, I'll get upset about it. But I've never been a perfectionist, and details are not Chris's uh, strong point. In fact,
1: what? in college, your name was Chris the Detailed Morton. Right.
0: We won't talk about the things that got lo- left on the plane on this trip because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, thankfully, not the microphone or computer. So we can afford <laughs> this. But yeah. Um, so, but. But, you know, whereas the perfectionist type might beat themselves up for things that no one else even notices. Right. You know, my thing is really so like if you uh, as far as if you put in terms of a neagram uh, I'm a type seven and their big thing is planning and having a plan. And so I might not be like super detailed plan, but I like always have in mind a trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, if I have to run errands. I, uh, get super obsessed about the perfect route to drive, to get everything in the right amount of time and where I need to stop along the way. Um, it's a little game that I play with myself, but I treat my entire day that way. And so when something doesn't work out the way that I had planned, um, Mm -hmm it's not just angering or upsetting. Like it can, I can get enraged. I can get um, paralyzed more likely. Um, so the story I always think of, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but this is not one of my, one of the moments like I'm really proud of. But, uh, so you and I were supposed to go to Florida when, uh, for choir tour in 2003. Okay. And on, um, Friday night is spring break. We're going to get on a bus Saturday morning. Friday night, I'm supposed to get on the bus. Or Friday, And I get a call from my dad and my grandfather had passed away. Um, so no question. I am flying to Colorado, going to this funeral. But the funeral will be on Monday, be on a plane, be in Florida by Tuesday. Um, and enjoy the rest of the week. Have a great time. Disney World. Yeah, whoo. Um, and uh, so... Saturday, Sunday afternoon I've been in Colorado less than a day and uh, we're getting ready for the funeral and it starts snowing and the largest snowstorm Colorado had seen in 110 years happens. We literally could not open the door of our house to shovel the driveway. We could not get out of the house. So, Not only am I not in Florida with all my friends for spring break I can't get out of my house. Um, and the right frame of mind in that time would have been to be happy to be with my family and present in a time of mourning. Mm -hmm. And I was just enraged that my plan, I had this whole plan to do this specific thing and it didn't work out. Um, and like, as far as ministry goes, there have been experiences where, um, like I tried to do an internship. I actually moved across the country to do it. And when I got there, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, and uh, instead of finding something else, I got really depressed. And um, like I did dumb things. I got in a car wreck because I wasn't paying attention because I was so depressed yeah. all the time. Um, and uh, and I think it's okay to be upset when things don't work out the way you plan, But yeah. to be enraged and paralyzed by it. Um, and that's been an, like an ongoing problem and i just wonder if i had gone into that internship or some of those other experiences like yeah expecting not everything to work out right um, mm-hmm. and holding my plans lightly yeah um, that it would have gone differently mm-hmm. and maybe not i wouldn't have made myself sick and set myself back as much as i did yeah yeah no i can definitely uh i can relate to that um So with the people-pleasing thing with you, Mm -hmm. or or if you want to go with another example, so it sounds like you've done some work to wrap your mind around that. And I'm wondering, like, kind of how you came to articulate that and, like, how you use that now. Yeah, uh, I
1: would not say I used any kind of tool or deep reflective spiritual practice. (laughs) It came through Mm self-reflection and discussion with friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, for instance, uh, I, for much of my time at Eastside, would use the phrase, in in, just in conversations, uh, to be fair. Because I always wanted to be fair to the perception, someone else's perspective. Right. Um, And it it kind of
0: keeps you from (laughs) being, like, putting yourself out there. Right, right. You're hedging your bet.
1: Exactly. Um, And that, that happened quite a bit. Uh, and my preacher would just kind of point that out, like you know, you say mm-hmm. that all the time. Like to be yeah. fair, just you don't yeah. need to be fair to everyone mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in those conversations. Like it's okay to have your own opinion and to yeah. say somebody is wrong when they're wrong. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, um, you you go too far empathizing and understanding just because mm-hmm. you understand the motives of somebody doesn't mean that they're right. And maybe it's
0: not really empathy. Maybe it's avoiding conflict. Of, That's like, like saying good, that you disagree. That is a very good point. <laughs> Um,
1: which I haven't done any research on the, the line between empathy and conflict avoidance. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, so, so you had some good
0: friends come around to you?
1: Yeah, I just uh, had good friends who we would talk and reflect. And um, I, I think in college, one of the best classes I took uh, that helped me be a self reflective person was a class by, by Randy Willingham on leadership mm-hmm. and kind of our big project for that class was this like 50-page self-evaluation. Like, uh-huh. My story, where I'm from, how I'm shaped by my past, my events, mm-hmm. and how that fosters into this insecurity, and that kind of procrastination. Uh, and really, uh, I think every, every problem I have, and, and maybe this is actually true for, for most, I don't know if this is true for most people, for many people, uh, is that our flaws are born out of a poor understanding of who we are okay. um, and a poor understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, most of my insecurities are born out of uh, a lack of self-value. Mm. Uh, and, and the the way that I solve that is not to say, well, Kyle has value and woo, Kyle, and I'm awesome. Yeah. The way to solve that is God is good mm-hmm. and God created me, therefore mm-hmm. I am good because I'm made by a good creator, yeah. Um, I'm broken. I'm flawed, but but that good creator, God, still allowed my creation, still allows me to exist. And so, um, finding finding that truth helped to move out of this sense that I have to make everybody happy, right. and that I have to. If one teenager is unhappy, or if something doesn't go right, then my job is on the line, or people are mad at me. And um, even if people are mad at me, that doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, who cares? If yeah. They're mad. They'll get over it. You get, I get mad at people all the time, and <laughs> I'm still friends with them.
0: Right or uh, not? Because not every it needs a right.
1: No, that's true uh, too. Um, at any cost, and it's too and much. much. And maybe that's uh, that's perhaps one of the biggest things that we. One of the things I'm taking away from this this weekend is just kind of a reminder of um, you start in a place. Of God's blessing, Mm. not in the place of the blessing for others. When you start letting God define you and shape you, then you're able to shape others and help others be shaped by God. It's the free people, free people concept. Say that again. Free people, free people. Love it. And and one of the stories, uh, very classic stories that we can go to is when Jesus is on the water. uh, Not on the water. When Mm. Jesus... Uh, it goes to John and he gets baptized and then the spirit uh, descends like a dove uh, and a voice is heard and at least within Mark's gospel it is not clear whether people hear this mm-hmm. or whether Jesus is the only one who hears this mm-hmm. which I just think is kind of an interesting thing to think through um, is that he, God blesses Jesus before Jesus has really done anything Yeah. Mm-hmm. congratulations you you've, you've you walked up to John like there's very little of all that mm-hmm. Jesus is about to do it's a very small thing um, but he starts in God's blessing yeah. he's not earning God's yeah. blessing he's not fighting for God's blessing or even pursuing God's blessing mm-hmm. he has the blessing of God um, and that I think is something that is so crucial for all of us even to remember not, not just as ministers but as, um, even as our people we're always chasing after something that perhaps oh good grief going to make a Wizard of Oz reference. You know, Wizard of Oz. They had it the whole time. Uh. We're we're chasing after what we already have through
0: Christ. You know, you may have just... Uh, articulated something that I've struggled with. So as someone who I'm passionate about seeing uh, new churches, um, seeing existing churches uh, and Christians be more excited about their faith and their role in in their community. Um, And something that I always go back around to is like how many of the passionate and effective uh, church planners and missionaries I know are people who themselves came to faith uh, like later in life. Like I just don't know a lot of like crazy, world-changing movements that came out of um, cradle Christians. Yeah. And that's always really bothered me. And I wonder what you just said, if you just articulated it, is that those people, because it wasn't always in the water, they came to a moment mm-hmm. where they realized who they were to God and in God, um, that they were loved um in spite of their shortcomings and that there was a better way and they had to work through that in a way that uh people who uh, us yeah. <laughs> who have always been around it have trouble articulating yeah
1: uh, they, i don't i don't know if it's a it's the cradle of it all um and but maybe maybe there's maybe there's some wisdom there in the the excitement yeah. gets lost in the familiarity. Yeah, well, Not that there's anything wrong with becoming familiar with yeah. the blessing of God by yeah. any means. Um,
0: yeah, there's just a, a... When you know your story, when you know the um, the ways in which God saves you, um, and, the, and the things that God loves about you, um, it, it's different. And yeah. So, like, for instance... Um, one of my big <laughs> motivating factors is an, just insatiable extroversion. I'm like always needing to be with people. And uh, I, I love being with people. I love being at parties. I love being in rooms full of people. If I want to be alone, I will go to a coffee shop and put my headphones on because there's still people around. Uh, and I think I said this before. If there's parties six nights a week, the seventh night, I feel like a failure. Uh, and I know... I have done some things that Mm -hmm. were... I I have made my life worse by trying to chase after uh, that sense of being loved and involved that I get. I've made things... I've gone to parties that I should have gone to sleep instead of going to. Mm -hmm. Um, I have joined clubs and events that I didn't even want to be at, but I wanted to be with people. Um, And so I, I say all that to say this. It's good to, um, know that about myself, Mm -hmm. um, for the, the times to kind of question like, okay, am I doing this for the right reasons? That's good. But I'll push it a little bit further that any kind of dark thing like that has, um, a positive edge to that God uses. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for instance, uh, with starting Austin mustard seed, um, it really came from a couple of places, first off the heart for it, that just as I feel constantly lonely and want more people, I have a deep desire for other people to experience community yeah um, and that drives me to do things um, like create community in places like a new church um, and it and it drives me to create systems where that happens, mm-hmm. so um even though we have our Sunday gathering. Um, and have uh, our midweek groups and other things like that. We also do, um, three times a year, we do a thing uh, called Dinner for Six. Um, It's where you get uh, five other people and have dinner with them. Um, And and we go to lunch every Sunday, no matter what. And the idea there is just building that sense of community. And I really, I know that that is is not necessarily um, a discipleship context, like, I don't know that life, is, life on life change is happening at Dinner for Six, but maybe it is. But uh, it's possible now because there are those relationships yeah. now. Uh, and that comes, um, you know, there, there are other people who have many different um, gifts that I can be jealous of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not creating those situations. And I'm creating that um, because the flip side of my social neediness uh, is a desire to build community.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Henry Nouwen talks about that in.
0: Oh, what is that book?
1: Um, Wounded Healer. Wounded Healer. Where uh, and I'm sure he has like a special name for it, but he talks about how our, our sufferings, our sorrows, our longings, our mm-hmm. uh, opportunities to develop empathy for others, to think, well, I feel this way, so are others feeling this way, and how can I reach? Uh, reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to be careful with that because it, it can easily become an exercise in self projection. Right. And so we're creating churches to meet our needs mm-hmm. and claiming to meet the needs of others at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious. Have Have you seen that though with some of your things? Like you were telling the people pleaser story. Like, what are? Um, how How has God worked through that and and used? some of those uh to be fair has uh, <laughs> god has used that also um in, in any ways
1: um i don't know
0: yet yeah i'm still yeah i'm still figuring that out
1: i'm not i'm not far enough in my story to know how those wounds are um
0: are helping to heal others. Mm. Well, I'll just affirm this in you then, um, because maybe you're just being too humble to say this, but, um, I think it's easier for you than me. <laughs> this, this is going to make me sound like a real jerk. Uh, I, I, see you as a very, first like, uh, really, um, that accepting other people comes pretty easy to you. And it's not that um it's not that you're not aware of people's shortcomings and I've seen you get mad and point out funny things and uh we've had many good laughs at other people's expense. We are being sanctified by the Holy Spirit as we speak. But but for the most part I would say like on a scale like you you are fair to people and you do give people chances and, and um I think you have a um a willingness for kind of relational ambiguity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that I mean, maybe other people have trouble with
1: I, I, I think that's really true um, particularly in a, and I would like to think that that's going to help me out in my current context in that um, at, at, at our church there are pockets of so many different kind of flavorings uh, for even just within a church of Christ mm-hmm. um, and I I don't want to say like I'm a double agent because I don't feel like I'm ever not being Uh, honest and authentic (laughs) about who I am and what I believe but I don't require mutual belief Mm. to be to be a marker of friendship wow that I can um, Paul Cartwright is a great example of this I love Paul hi Paul we haven't referenced him we haven't referenced him in a podcast in a while (laughs) Uh, Paul and I disagree on a a lot of stuff uh, but we're great friends yeah and our conversations, uh, they you know, they go back and forth, uh, and um, we haven't had like any kind of drop down argument in a while, if ever, really. Um, but neither of us need the other's approval, mm-hmm. nor do we need the other to. Uh, think in our way. Yeah. Um, we, we but have are our beliefs. you
0: are you able to be honest with him, or do you yeah, find totally. yourself still be doing the like to be fair thing? No, you know? not with him.
1: Um, yeah. uh, and usually, to be fair, is when I'm having a conversation with somebody, and I'm rep- and I feel like I need to represent a person who's not in that conversation, yeah. uh, as I'm trying to reflect on why person A yeah. might do to person C yeah. something.
0: But here's why I say this. So go back to Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard talks Didn't about. We even talk about Dallas? Yeah. No. Let's but, go to. We, Dallas, let's, let's go, go Not to going back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Dallas Willard, Spirit of Disciplines, talks about you have to have a vision for what your life will look like mm-hmm. when you're more Christ like. And so, I wonder in your situation, there's like a clear vision of the uh, hedging <laughs> your bets and saying, to be fair, because you're avoiding conflict and you're people pleasing. But yeah. then you have this relationship with Paul where. Um, that tension is still there but it's not making you inauthentic
1: yeah and and i have uh, <laughs> i think some of my best friends disagree with me about lots of stuff and uh, i'm okay with that uh, i don't require uh i don't require I, sometimes i miss it you know sometimes sure. i wish i could I could be the like the conservative guy in the room. Right. Who's like, who's like, Dad? I don't know if we should go this far. Like, yeah. I never feel like I've never gotten to be that yeah. dude yet.
0: Um, there is a joy of a fundamentalism of, of knowing that you're right. and not calling anyone. Oh, guy. That, part. that, well, that part's going to get edited out. <laughs> cool story. Um, but
1: no, I, I, and this has been true even in college. In, mm-hmm. in college, so in college. Uh, I remember doing this chapel mm-hmm. about the Jesus style, I think was the book that I was basing this on, where the guy, he was right in the 80s. And so in the 80s, the ecumenical movement was was, was really kind of coming into its own mm-hmm. um, in the sense of interdenominational working. And it's like, yeah. hey, look, Christians, let's, let's have some historical perspective on this. Mm-hmm. When Christians don't like each other, we tend to murder each other. Right. So let's at least stop murdering each other. We should probably stop murdering all people, but, you know, baby steps. So anyway, so um, in in that book, he talks about how we need to lower denominational walls to begin conversations. Mm -hmm. So I preached on this, and it um, was not, shall we say, well-received by some of the population (laughs) at our school of choice at the time. And uh, there was actually a congregation who condemned me. Uh, uh from the pulpit. Which made me feel super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm called a heretic. Nice. I haven't been called that yet. Yeah. Um but I was so after the fact I was reflecting with a mentor about that and, and I remember saying it just seems really unfair mm-hmm. that they would would withdraw fellowship from me when I haven't done that. Like I why am I always the one who is willing to fellowship with Anyone and yeah. willing to claim co-airship with all who profess mm-hmm. the resurrection of Jesus. Now, if you know, that's, like that's my line. Like, if right. you doubt the, if you know, not doubt, but if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, um, sure. you know, if you're the Dominic Crosons of the world, um, then you know,
0: like there, that's, that's where different. I enter
1: into like some fuzzy. But even then, like, I'll have coffee with the guy. Yeah, not yeah. that he doesn't want give it. you
0: the right to hate or right. Kill. Yeah. Yeah. and
1: and so. Um I've 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 been like that so I think that's a positive of the of the people pleasing mm-hmm. um is that but it's not because I want to please people. Yeah. Um it's because I I I want to be in relationship with people. Yeah. And I believe that grace is broad enough mm-hmm. so that um that we can be wrong and still be loved.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so you have that good relationship with Paul that gives you a model of disagreeing. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm wondering about that what that would be for me with um, obsessing over plans and <laughs> obsessing over uh, you know just feeling feeling included yeah and, and um, I think for me it, it yours is good because you have a really specific story with Paul, and I think that's what what it's going to take for me is coming up with what are those specific stories of um, when I made plans and it went right or when I made plans and it didn't go according to plan and it was still okay. Like, I need to verbalize.
1: Well, I mean, and I don't mean this in a mockery tone, but isn't that kind of the story of your life <laughs> right. up until you moved to Austin? Right, right. Um, you, you are the quintessential poor understanding of Romans 8.28 that all things work, <laughs> you know, God tells us all things to work for the good of those who yeah. love him that, yeah, um, yeah. and, and i think I, I think that i think that fits into that a little bit mm-hmm. that 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 your your narrative is of um uh of one of passion mm-hmm. uh, and and hubris yeah uh that made a lot of missteps that seemed good at the time but weren't mm-hmm. but then that led you to where you are now
0: yeah and so i i think i need to figure out how to keep telling those stories so sure. for example like um i preached the week before last And um, the way... So I think we talked about this on our preaching podcast, but I will script everything, Mm -hmm. create my PowerPoint deck, or I use Keynote, um, and then I steer it from my iPad. So on the iPad, you see um, each slide has the notes for that iPad. So literally, I have... um, I'm steering, and I have all of my notes on different slides, my entire script, which has always worked for me. Sure. Except two weeks ago, when for whatever reason, only two-thirds of my slides get into the final deck. Huh. So I'm preaching, and I, I think, we, you know, we talked about this on our preaching uh, episode, but um, I have no desire to be creative. I use the same three-point template. I actually have a word processor template that I use, <laughs> plug this in. So I'm I'm just going along. I am going at it. And I am on point one, And I'm killing it, people are laughing, people are amening, and then I'm on point three. And I'm like halfway through point three, I'm like, something's missing, something went wrong. And I'm trying to talk and put on the Jesus show while I'm also trying to figure out what I did wrong, and I'm going through my slides and realizing a third of my slides are missing. Now, are you owning that in front of the crowd? I did not own it for, in front of I, At one point I said, I'm sorry guys, I need a minute to collect myself. Which was good. That was a step for me. Yeah. But um, but it wasn't enough. So eventually I, I did actually say, um, this is spiraling. I'm going to land this plane. And I came up with some ending to the sermon right there. Um So I walked away not, not, not a general sense that things went wrong, knowing exactly how my plan had failed. (laughs) Um, and we have a couple of people in our church who are overwhelmingly smart, really good, good people, but who are also smart people. And a couple of them came up to me and shared specifically what they liked and what they learned in my lesson. And all I was still like you know, when you've been freaking out and flailing and clenching your fists for an hour, like, right. I'm still coming down from that. Right. And they're not just affirming, you know, me and they're like, yeah. oh, good job, preacher. But, like, very specifically, like, here's what I got out of it. Um, and I need to tell that story. Yeah. That here's a plan. Here's a time when my plan didn't work out. Yeah. And it wasn't the end of the world, and God still used it because guess what? <laughs> it wasn't about my grand, yeah. grand plan well, in the first place. I and mean,
1: even, even God is like that. Uh, I mean, unless you're, uh, I guess, unless you're Calvinist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like Genesis, Genesis one happens, and God has this like cool creation story, and it's neat. It's a wonderful narrative. Genesis 2 is there, so we're learning a little bit more about about the intimacy of God that what He wants to have with the relationship of but between Adam and um, and Eve. Although at that point, it's you know man and non-existent yet. You know? uh, and then Genesis three, and the whole thing just goes kaput. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it's almost like the rest of the narrative is how how things break Mm -hmm. and yet god is still using the broken stories lamech and babel and abraham lying to the egyptian not once but twice Mm -hmm. uh well at least lying about his wife uh and and then you know isaac coming in there and then jacob and laban and and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff and then joseph and there's a dream coat that's technicolor and uh, and then, you know, the big Mo and, and prophets, and blah blah blah. But but like the whole narrative is woven around broken pieces, uh that God is is almost kind of placing uh-huh. together for yeah. a you know, it's like a mosaic of of glory. Mm. Um, I think N D Wright called it a dark,
0: beautiful story. Mm.
1: Um uh, so yeah. I
0: was on the beach this morning, yeah. And I, you're, you live here, and so maybe you're used to this. But I'm just I walking, in Malibu. Well, yeah. So I'm walking the beach, and there's all these surfers, and I'm watching the surfer come in on a wave. And he's doing okay, not great. He's doing pretty cool, yeah. Um, and then he gets to right where it breaks, falls off. And kind of flounders a little bit, drags his surfboard. And literally, I did not think that real people did this, but he's a shaggy head surfer boy. He looks over to me, like, as he's, like, flailing and dragging his board. He looks over to me, gives me a big old grin, and then does that two-finger hand waggle. <laughs> I'm like, are you really doing that, man? But it was, <laughs> like, You're such. A, I thought that was a joke. But here he is. You know, he tried to catch the wave. It didn't work the way he wanted to. And he found a way to, like, hey, man, that's cool. I had fun with it. Funny. It didn't work out the way I wanted to. And you get this sense that God is surfing Mm. through scripture, surfing through the tugs and pulls of our relationships and things not working out the way they want. Um, Because guess what? Like, that dude, you know what? He just got back on his board and paddled out and did it again. Yeah. And and so these things are smaller, and these problems we have are small. (laughs) so for um you know i I don't want to like i don't want people to obsess over like specific tools like enneagram's great any of those things um counseling is is great but like if you were just um to tell somebody who uh who you see them sabotaging <laughs> their own ministry or, or they, they seem to keep having the same problems or mm-hmm. struggles like um, I, what would you suggest to somebody to kind of uh, to understand themselves better and have some perspective Um, I guess the perspective that I would give them
1: is that I guess the perspective I would give them is that you're your calling to ministry is not a calling, uh, that is not the same kind of calling as your calling to a relationship with God. Mm. It's not your relationship is not dependent on your calling into ministry. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that God, even if God calls you into ministry and you don't answer the call, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't mean that God breaks a relationship there, yeah. Um, and And I guess what what really boils down to is we have a spirit of freedom, not a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. and we are so constantly stuck in fear. Yeah. Uh, And and to help them get perspective, um, I don't know. Everybody makes mistakes. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. Really, really is that? I mean, it's just true. Like. What, what's the what's the Thomas, and, Thomas Edison line? Like I learned nine thousand ways mm-hmm. to how not, not to how make a, not a to light bulb. I think there's some truth yeah. to that. That yeah. you know, it, it, when you're developing processes, when you're mm-hmm. when you're when you're making changes in things, um, you're going to make you're going to do it wrong for a while because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, um, it, it's like with walking or with learning how to play t ball or like watching me run. Um, yeah, you. you you learn as you you learn as you go, and you get better mm-hmm. at it. And even if you don't get better at it, you know you're you're better in the way that some people think. You know, you're still learning to improve. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, and there's a difference between um, knowing that stuff and. And surfing it, like we were talking about, um, and uh, and shamefully beating yourself yeah. up. And I think that just my takeaway from kind of processing this with you today is how valuable relationships are in that. Yeah. Like You do need space for silence, and you do need spiritual direction and, and therapy and tools like Enneagram, but you also just need friends yeah. uh, that you can talk through these things. Um, with that can put put things in perspective and put yourself like so you, you know you, you may take yourself really seriously and you mm-hmm. may think that failed sermon or that failed ministry um, is the biggest thing in the world. Um, and you need good friends.
1: Yeah, um, maybe I would say it
0: like this.'
1: Uh, let's take a spin on a not an inappropriate bumper sticker that was popular in the 70s. Um, gravity happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's what I say when when Isaac falls. Oh like, yeah, well, he gravity. <laughs> you know, gravity happens. Yeah, the same thing yeah. that keeps us from you know, flying off into nothingness. Oh, uh, yeah, is also the same thing that sometimes yeah. causes us to fall. Um, and so gravity happens, and you learn, mm. and that's okay. Yeah. There we go. That's we should make it sure. <laughs> gravity happens, gravity happens. Love it. that should be our tour when we go on a live tour there you go go record at mom's house <laughs> the tear gas and gumdrops gravity happens tour. love it
0: love it right, no you man. don't that's your I don't love that idea but I'm being um, political on our podcast hey no I don't do that but you're <laughs> the people pleaser <laughs> Hey, let's tie this up this way, just, uh, cause I, I feel like we've, we've hit all the high points, but just, uh, it's cool to be with you face to face. Yeah, man, uh, it's been fun. It's fun. Um, what are you excited about? Like going back? Cause like we were both like kind of having a time to escape our life and reflect a little bit. What are you excited to go back to? Um, so we're doing a thing on Mother's Day
1: mm-hmm. where, um, uh, yeah, we're having the, we're having the traditional Mother's Day sermon sort of, mm-hmm. but, um. We are adding an element into the service that honors those who have lost moms, or those who have lost children, or those who can't have children, uh-huh. um, oh, that's like a, so good with a candle lighting and a, and a, and a prayer. Um, and I'm really excited to see how. I mean, it's a it's a really like just simple thing, yeah. but I hope no, it's a powerful huge. moment. Oh man! As we, um, there's always one thing that bothers me about Mother's Day. Yeah, is it's like. It's a like constant reminder to certain people
0: of, the, of a pain instead of mm. pushing on a wound. Yeah, man, I wish we'd had a conversation about that because we're going to do our first ever baby dedication on Sunday. Mm. Uh, so we're, you know, we're two and a half years in, and we would had something like fourteen babies born. Nice. <laughs> so like a third of our church is under three years old. Um, yeah, and that is something that, I, like, I've been painfully aware of. Is like I can also tell you the couples that are trying or have given up on trying. Um, so, I think that's really, really cool. Um, I'm excited. This has been a good time to reflect for me. But uh, And I don't know if this will mean anything to our audience or anything like this, but usually, when I've um, got, sought help or sought quiet or reflection, it's because things have been crazy. Yeah. And life has been really hard. Totes. Um, but actually right now life's pretty great yeah <laughs> um you know recently married that's great yeah, um yeah, yeah. you know things are stable and moving at a good clip with the ministry and, and with finances and clippity do da. clippity doo day and it it's been really cool to um have time to reflect on that life is good and god is good uh, and I just want to kind of take that back with me as I'm kind of getting back. I know there's, I checked and there's something like 90 unread emails waiting for me <laughs> that I'm going to try to answer on the plane ride back tonight. Um, and, I, you know, I think having having this time to reflect especially on like what I'm, what is not good about me. Um, but that life in general is pretty good. That's yeah. helpful. Of like it really puts things in perspective. So I'm excited to just go back and enjoy, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Try to like try to get a little bit out of my planning like obsession. Yeah. And enjoy where I'm at and what cool. God's given me. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. So I'm good. Cool, well, it's good to see ya.
1: It's good to see you too, man. Good to so see Chris, you uh to Can you tell the people how they can get in contact with us? Uh,
0: The best way to get a hold of us is to find us on Facebook, Tear Gas and Gum Drops. Uh, You can also go to teargasandgumdrops.com. You can also, and this is where it really helps, is go to iTunes, subscribe, like... Uh, well, you don't like on iTunes. Like on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. Um, when you go to something like Pepperdine, tell people about the uh, cool podcast you've been listening like to. Josh Bundy. Josh Bundy. Uh, hey, nice seeing you today, Josh. Uh, if you actually listen to this, you'll yeah. hear it. Um, um, the title yeah. of this podcast will be, this one's for Josh. This one's for Josh. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. And I'm excited to get back in, in the swing of things with you on this. <laughs> yeah, this it's is been fun. a
1: while since we recorded. Yeah. Uh, but we got some great... Uh, uh, some great guests
0: coming up. We did not interview NT, in right? We did not. Interview <laughs> we'll just, if, you, if you were waiting yeah. in bated breath, that did not happen. But if I bet we could, you'd ask know, him. You, you just go, like, knock on his door here. You know, like, uh, maybe bring him a sandwich as, like, yeah. an offering. Like, if I give you this sandwich, will you record with this? Maybe. Anyway, peace out, people.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: I think it worked that time.